We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paula with the new man on the block, Michael Frank. He used to be on the Get Rams show. He joins our staff now to uh, talk Rams football. Michael, how are you? And tell the people about you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, a little bit by myself, born and raised in Los Angeles. Been a Ram fan since day one. Been following them vigilant, vigilantly since high school and through the college years. I was able to uh, do my homework and follow them all the way till now and do my own analysis. Being on the Get Rams show, you know, taught me a lot about um, the direction where the Rams heading, and it's been exciting. It's been very exciting to uh, to move forward, and I am excited beyond belief to be with you, Derek, and uh, with the organization of Rams Talk, and I'm very happy to to move forward with it. All right, before we move into it, real quick, hey, head on over to iTunes. If you haven't given us a five-star review yet, we really would like that. It really helps us uh, move up the charts. It helps get the word out about what we do, and, you know, hey – Basically, we need to love. Let's just be honest about that. Also, Stitcher, we're on there. SoundCloud, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. All those outlets, come check us out. If you are available to subscribe on those, please do. And don't forget, again, the iTunes contest. Once we get 100 five-star reviews, get a $50 gift certificate to the NFLShop.com. Let's get into this. News from the week. 
Noose in the Wheat, Matt LaFleur interview with the Tennessee Titans, eventually Mike Vrabel from Ohio State and Texas and uh, New England Patriots and a uh, Houston Texans fan got the job. It is concerning that uh, we're starting to see some coaches leave. Greg Olson left to go to Oakland. And I guess that's par for the course. We're not used to this as Rams fans. We're not used to seeing our coaches go somewhere else to get fired. Very so, true. Very um, true. This is going to be something to look at in the future if the Rams keep doing well. Mike, what is the impact on this team for next year with you know these, these coaching changes happening or, as with LaFleur's case, not happening? I like to think that uh, these guys are complete professionals and they understand the business. They understand that this can happen at any time, at any moment. There was some impact, I believe it was after 2013, where Gus Bradley left, the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks, and he, he went to... He went to Jacksonville, and I thought, you know, hopefully, cross my fingers, I would make a dent in that Seattle defense that did not do anything, and they, they kept chucking for over the past few years. So you can tell teams, you know, as long as the players learn, as long as they, they, they're taught these skills, they can move forward with the things they learn from these coaches. And LaFleur leaving, you know, Atlanta was a big dent to them, and number one offense coming to a new team and keeping making that team another one number one offense, you, you see his value big time. But him leaving – it is expected, especially when you're doing – have that much success, Derek, you know. So that is expected, and like I said, I like to think that these teams can keep trucking and keep moving forward. The weird thing about this particular thing with LaFleur is LaFleur didn't actually call plays. He wasn't actually involved in the, the daily – well, the, the weekly play calling scheme. That was all our boy Sean McVay. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that Tennessee didn't take him, but – Young guys like this, you know, they're going to be up and coming now. And teams are going to be copying what the Rams do with Sean McVay. Hey, let's look at the new young guy. Let's look at the new young guy, the guy who mm-hmm. can light a spark. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, even once the playoffs are over, a, a little bit more movement off the staff. Mm-hmm. You mentioned these guys are professionals. Still, you want to see continuity on the team. You want to see continuity on the roster. So it's a little alarming to me that, that uh, LaFleur – Almost left, and we did lose Olson. Olson did a great job with Goff this right. year. I mean, you know, it's going to replace him with Zach Taylor. Uh, those who don't know, Zach Taylor was a former uh, quarterback at Nebraska, and that's not really saying much, guys. Nebraska, I mean, quarterback, what? But he developed there, so there we go. Also, in the news this week, the PFWA announced their awards. Offensive Player of the Year, Todd Gurley. Most improved player is. Jared Goff, our coach of the year is Sean McVay. Three key award winners announced by the Professional Football Writers Association. Well, is it surprise you, Offensive Player of the Year, Todd Gurley? Not at all. Like the kind of impact that that man had on the field and the numbers he was putting up and how fast he was and the way they spread the ball. It is a tribute to coaching by all means. Don't get me wrong. They actually use him in the passing game. And the way he lit it up that way was was taking over games completely. And in the first game, we really saw him, you know, take over was the Dallas game, I believe, in week five. But that's not surprising at all, Derek. I, I think the whole NFL can agree with that. Todd Gurley was uh, the one who made everything go. He's the one the Rams went through for everything. When all else failed, you get Todd Gurley involved, and that Rams offense came together. I don't. They're not eleven and five without him. They're not. They're not even eight and eight without him. So maybe. I, they're not even. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> they're not eight and eight without him. That the ability to have to just go give it to Gurley, put the ball in Gurley's hands, made it right. life so much better for Jared Goff. That said, Jared Goff is the most improved player of the year. 
he went zero and seven last year as a starter for this team. This year he's eleven and four as a starter. Evens up his career record eleven and eleven. You know, alternate for a Pro Bowl team, much mm. deserved in my view. I can't think of anybody else in the league who improved as much as he did, the exception of Todd Gurley. But mm-hmm. Todd Gurley was something before Jared Goff. Really wasn't anything in the NFL before this year. So I, I have to go. I'm, I'm I'm agree with that too. Jared Goff, most improved player of the year. Do you agree with that call as well? You have to. When you see the quarterback, his efficiency, I believe, was extremely um, imperative to see on his success. The 28-7 and seven ratio, I believe he had on his touchdowns to interception ratio, that gap is really huge. And I believe there was a few picks that were in his fault. So if you literally look at it, it's about 28-5. to five. And that is, and, and those attribute to all the wins he had. And, and you can't really... Everybody was 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 calling for his head his rookie year, and there's so many variables I can talk about that there is there's a three you know that three year three year gap you can say between the first year to the third year to see them really you know take the stride. Their first year, see RG three, remember him in 2012? They thought he was the second coming mm-hmm. of of, of uh, Michael Vick and whatnot, and look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get Troy Aikman's rookie year, you get Peyton Manning type rookie years, Eli Manning's rookie years, and you see and then you see the the long term success. So one year seven games does no justice at all from a, a, a spread system he has to learn about the pro offense and then you see there's certain nfl passes he can make outside the numbers outside the hash marks you know and he displayed it at the, the falcons game you saw really tight windows and you saw him do it um, but obviously he's only in his second year and he doesn't even have two full seasons under his belt new system don't forget that too Dirk. i want i don't think people understand he's in a brand new system and and he, he's finally had a one off season with a one coach with a new system and now you have eleven wins. You can't take that for granted. You can't overlook that. Coach of the year's a little bit different though, but that's part of it too. Jared Goff, you said new new offensive system. For Jared Goff though, it was a middle school offense, quote unquote, Mr. Todd Gurley said. This it wasn't even a new offense. It is just a you know, it's just a flat out offense, period. Last year's yeah. offense just got him killed. So now you have Sean McVay come in, the PFWA coach of the year changes everything for him, not just a new offense. It's just a flat-out, I'm going to call it an offense. So with that in mind, here's the real debatable question, because we're seeing it today. Doug Peterson, we'll talk about this in a minute, takes his team to the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Mike Zimmer out there in Minnesota takes him to the NFC Championship game. You have Jacksonville, Doug Marone, gets all with the AFC Championship game. Does Sean McVay deserve to be coach of the year? With the loss that he had in the after the Falcons game, obviously being extremely biased on my part and being a Rams fan and taking that loss to heart, immediately I said um, no. No for the fact that he did not come prepared. He did not call his game. The Rams were relatively healthy for this for this playoff game at home, and we did not see the 2017 regular season in the playoffs. Um, whether he was timid, whatever reason you want to call it, play calling, Derek, it was not him. I don't know if he was scared, nerves, the play, the, the playbook. You know, I really think the Rams could have could have cracked it wide open, and they didn't do it. So obviously, I was like right away. I said no. I'm moving to a new system, and you look back and you kind of let let the let the leaves settle, and the ashes calm down. Um, it is arguable, but with Doug Peterson in his second year with the team, with the amount of head coaching that he has behind him, the great system. This after this win, Derek, I really think Doug Peterson should get it for the sole fact that he has had Nick Foles blow up a Minnesota top defense the way he did with the dynamic play calling, the play, everything. You saw, you saw a flea flicker in tonight's game. You saw 
the running attack, you saw the deep passes, you saw, and you see all that. So it looks like a Doug Peterson system. You can plug and play any kind of quarterback, and you still come out with wins, and blowout wins. So if Doug Peterson does get the Super Bowl appearance, makes it closer, and wins it, it's going to be very difficult to not give it to him. The only thing is in terms of how it's being measured, mm-hmm. well, now we have – that was a regular season thing. I don't think mm-hmm. – if, if they count the postseason into it as well, then – I don't think Sean gets it for the regular season, turning a team around that hasn't had a winning season since 2003. I I get it. But even then I still look at, look what Mike Zimmer did with Minnesota. I still look at what Doug Marone did in Jacksonville. And I can't help but wonder, you know, Sean deserves it. Sean McVay deserves it, but there's room for argument there. Doug Marone in Jacksonville, that team completely hadn't done anything in almost a decade either. They really had. And they were, They really should have beat the Patriots today. They really should have. And oh, they let it go. They let it go. The pa- they were a tough matchup for the Patriots. I knew that the moment they beat Pittsburgh that it would be a tough matchup for the Patriots. I thought I actually thought Jackson was a tougher matchup than Pittsburgh was for him. So yeah, I, you know, it's hard for me to, to disagree with Coach uh, McVay getting it, but I'm also I can see anybody else's argument. I do think this. Sean McVay is the man to watch and how this team moves in the future. They live through him and he's a major part of, you know, he's not just, you know, he's become the heart of the organization in just a year. Not, it's not Aaron Donald. It's not anybody else. It's him because they come, everything, the energy flows from him. He's the guy to watch and you never want to ever let that guy go. You want to keep, keep giving the players he asks for the players he needs. That's just how I view it. That makes sense. I have to agree with you. He brought respect back to the Rams. So anybody who sees the Rams on the schedule next year, they're going to cringe. They're really going to cringe. That's a tough schedule, too. Mm-hmm. Now, also in the news today, the one thing we do want to mention here is the Philadelphia Eagles. We just talked about we were, we're recording on Sunday night. This will this will come out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles whoop the holy mother freaking gosh out of the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, thirty-eight to seven. Former Rams in that game, um, Nick Foles taking on Case Keenum. I've been getting this question all we got it tonight on Facebook. How do I feel about seeing two former Rams quarterbacks competing in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl? Well, I'll, I'll give the answer a second. Mike, you go for it first because I might just vent a little bit too long. <laughs> okay, I'll go real quick. Uh, you got to feel proud a little bit. You know, um, I, I will never forget the week one. Uh, with Nick Foles beat Seattle in St. Louis with that 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 last touchdown in the corner to Lance Kendricks, and it was the first time I looked at my dad. We're like, we got a quarterback. We actually have a real quarterback. Things changed after that, but I will always have that little soft spot for Nick Foles for beating Seattle. You know, and especially as hot as they were. Uh, but you got to feel a little proud of watching these guys. And as as a, as a man and professional, you got to be happy for their success. Now you now what uh, you know looking inward, you got to say what the heck was going on when he was in the Rams? How did how did they not maximize that? And those questions will will linger forever on how the Rams did not maximize Case Keenum and and Nick Foles. And you just sit on that, and then you're here, and you kind of stick. You kind of stuck with that that sick feeling in your stomach. That's 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 all I got to say. The sick feeling. I'm bitter. <laughs> yeah. I you guess know, it's bittersweet. I guess it's yeah. bittersweet. You, I mean, I'm happy that we got the coach. You got the coach you want for the future in Sean McVay, and, and mm-hmm. I believe in what he's going to do. I believe in his leadership. I think that what he's going to do for this team down the line is is great. Mm-hmm. Now you still have Nick Foles, who you, you trade for, you sent draft picks away for, you you oh, invested yeah. in extension in this guy. 
Case Keenum, who I did believe when he came out could be an NFL quarterback. I'm, I'm one of the few people who believe that. Still now. To the I, end. I, he, obviously he is now, right? Mm-hmm. He's still good. He, he, and how on earth did Jeff Fisher blow this? Mm. And you look back at the course of the of his tenure with the Rams from 2012 to 2016. We've killed this. We've beaten this horse so many times on the show. You might as well just go stab a horse. And, and I don't know what else. Just it. I told you I'll rant. I told you I rant. But <laughs> let it go. Let it happen. A, I say it's, let it's it happen. A wasted, it's a wasted five seasons is what it is. Yeah. And, and in the end, if you got the right quarter, you know, not the right quarterback, sorry, the, the right the right coach will take you to a Super Bowl here in a couple of years. I'm okay with that. But five years of frustration, five years of watching this team play horrible football, play mm-hmm. poor fundamental football, and you wasted these guys' careers. That's the that's the most bitter part for me. Chris Long, we saw him playing the night for the Eagles. He's on the downside of his career. Um, back when Robert Quinn was at his peak as a defensive end, they wasted that. They wasted all that. They wait. Uh, James Lauren, I, it's one of my favorites from Ohio State. They yes. wasted his career. Yes. Oh my goodness! And, yeah, and you know, so it's not just the quarterbacks. You know, Danny Amendola, <laughs> balling in New England, mm-hmm. and part of it, you know, part of it was the fact that you didn't want to pay a guy who was so injury prone. And I get that. Some of those, some of those moves are contract based, but you wasted those guys' best years with the team to do what? Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Seven and nine BS or less. Holy mother gosh! All right. I- I guess we're going to have to move on real quick. Let's get a word out to our sponsor here. The Golden Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez runs this shop out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Give him a call at 714-894-RAMS. He's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. He's by appointment. So if you want to just walk in there because he actually sets aside time for you. This guy will talk Rams football. He'll talk Rams football. He'll talk your ears off, man. I'm telling you. Mike, you better go get a haircut there. You're looking along the tooth there. Come I'm going to get it. Get it. Get it done. Now, the great thing about his shop, it's all Rams. It's a Rams museum. When you walk in, you see Rams everywhere. I've been there. We've sat there and talked football. I've been in his chair. We've talked everything Rams. Going back 20, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you name it, we talked about it. Again, 714-894-7267. 7148947267 which is Rams and get an appointment with him and by the way folks when he t- one thing he told us when we were there only 10% of the fans that come in there are Rams fans mm. let's go let's go hook this man up all right moving on the big thing this week coming up here is not we know who Super Bowl Super Bowl is by the way the Patriots and Eagles boo Patriots the um <laughs> I don't. I, can you think of anybody who really wants to see the Patriots there? Uh, there was a good picture. Uh, I think a meme popped up on Instagram, and it said that congratulations, 2018, another year closer to Tom Brady's retirement. And I thought everybody <laughs> could agree to that. I really thought everybody could agree to that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, he, I I don't want to give props to them because I still believe to this day that there were some shenanigans that took place at Super Bowl 36. I still Easily. believe it in my gut. Easily. I don't want to be an irresponsible journalist and say more than that. That's just a gut thing for me, <laughs> but man, I guess we'll be cheering for the Eagles. Unfortunately for Sunday, well, I, I don't, I've always had a soft spot because I feel just as much, they got cheated just as much as the Rams did out of um, some videotapes like everybody knows about. So I think the Panthers and the Eagles are side by side with us on that one. 
Well, again, that's alleged. Allegedly. Alleged. 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 You want to be careful with that. I don't want to get a DCMA letter from somebody. <laughs> you know. It's all opinion. It's all opinion. Yeah, it's all opinion. Okay. <laughs> so the other thing going on this week, though, is a senior bowl. And we're going to shift a little bit into the draft. Yes. The draft. Okay. Um, senior bowl is next Sunday. We just yesterday we just had the East West Shrine game. The, uh, the NFL Players Association game was yesterday as well. But the, the senior bowl is the big one. And the reason why it's a big one is the Rams really changed strategies last year, drafted a bunch of Rams from the Senior Bowl. And mm-hmm. I, I back when I interviewed Jim Everett a couple years ago for the show, the one thing he told me he loved about this draft is for the first time in a long time, the Rams didn't just draft for skill. They drafted for football IQ, for intelligence. And we're going to see a lot of that from these seniors this weekend as well. So see, as kind of a, a, a draft primer, Let's look at that first pick, that number one pick, you know, the, the number 23 first round pick. Where are the Rams going in the first round? You know what? Honestly, well, really, this is what really excites me. You look at need, right? You really look at need. Then you look back in 2014 when the Rams came off one of the one of the better top three, top two defensive lines in the in the draft in, a, in, in the season in 2013. And what does what does Les need do at number 10? Or 11, I believe. He drafts Aaron Donald. You don't need another D lineman, but look what you have there. And look at the value. So, as much as it is we have need, Derek, I'm really excited to not be surprised if we double down in a position that we already have, you know, because of what Les Need sees and what, and what he, he has there on his on his draft board. Um, so, that that unpredictability is exciting. And, and Todd Gurley, nobody saw that coming, you know. We 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 have thing we had Trey Mason and Zach Stacy doing very well at the time, and you go out and get a, a a guy who's fresh up an ACL tear, and look what happens. So that kind of stuff is very unpredictable. But if you are looking at need, you are looking at need. I would really go with either youth at the O line position position because the Rams got extremely fortunate not having anybody hurt. Extremely fortunate, and, I, and the only team in the NFL last last year, till in 17 season that didn't have a, a a starter hurt for for a whole game and miss a whole game. So you can go a youth at the O-line or my personal favorite. I really think we need an active DN outside three, four linebacker, either replacing Quinn or Barwin or rotation, but having a wild man out there would have been extremely important with Aaron Donald in the playoff game. Extremely important. And I'm, I would go with an active three, four DN outside linebacker or cornerback. Well, to me, cornerback i you know you look back over the several drafts in the last five six years there's always been a an obvious position where the rams have a need and mm-hmm. you're right you mentioned it they go somewhere else and then you're left at home pulling your hair wondering what the heck did they just freaking do <laughs> and they mm-hmm. wind up most of the time not all the time making the right call not all the time though this time though it's it's kind of hard for me uh there are Two corners, especially that I, I think you have to take if they're there, and the odds mm-hmm. are good they're not going to be there. And that's Iowa's Joshua Jackson, Ohio State's oh, yeah. Ward. They're there, um, and that's even even if the Rams keep Tremaine Johnson, in my opinion. Right. Even if they keep Tremaine, Tremaine's twenty seven. He's not a speedster. Once he hits around thirty, we'll probably see him move to a safety position. You, you want a younger guy moving there anyway? Somebody who can, if you have that second corner who can not necessarily be a, a, a shutdown corner, but somebody who can be at times in a ball hawk. Ball hawk like Jack, Joshua Jackson. Now I, I'm an Ohio State guy, man. I'm telling you, I saw what he did at Ohio State. 
Yes. That's all he did. One of the better games. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And, and then you had Denzel Ward, a different guy, but he brings such skill. He's a little bit a little bit of an undersized guy for what you'd want, but he brings such skill to position. It's a no-brainer to me if they're there at 23, you take either one of those guys. I just, the problem is I don't think they're there. I think they'll both be gone. The only way I see you know it happening is you know is if we have that run at quarterback, which I think we might. We might have a run at quarterback in that first round. Mm-hmm. Another guy too. Uh, I I I I've asked this question. And I, I wonder still, depending on who they find, is there going to be? You mentioned an outside linebacker there. There mm-hmm. are a couple of solid guys. Rashawn Evans, he might be there. You know, from Alabama, he might be a mm-hmm. solid guy to look at. And then you can, if if that middle linebacker is there, maybe you consider just a thought and not 100% sure. Maybe you consider moving Alec Ogletree back to the outside. All right. Maybe. And then you, there you, then you have Robert Quinn there and Ogletree, and you go get your middle linebacker in. I don't know. I, I still have a lot of thoughts about it, but you mentioned two offensive line depth. Def. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? What if Ohio State's Billy Price is there at center? That's going to be difficult to pass up. He's he has 6'4", uh, 315 pounds. And honestly, I'm very big on what schools produce. Very heavy on what schools. Like, you, could call that, you can call that Derek, uh, what do you call it, superstitious? But you can talk about how USC can produce a top quarterback. We'll call it what it is. You know, you, you would talk about how they, USC produces everything else. Ohio State, Iowa, those Wisconsin, they always produce solid, solid linemen. So if I'm going to the alignment, I'm looking to those Midwest schools. I'm looking at Ohio State. I'm looking at Wisconsin. I'm looking at Iowa because those guys, for some reason, those schools just produce. They just produce. And that's exciting. Billy Price, center for Ohio State. You know, one of those big guys plays for a veteran line uh, for his entire career there. Mm-hmm. He's available at 26. A buddy of mine told me once, Ask just, just just trivia conversation. You know how many times the Browns in the last five years have drafted an Ohio State player? How many? Zero. <laughs> you want to know why? And it's because you mentioned it. You mentioned you know schools. The one thing you can say about the the Ohio State and Urban Meyer is he brings NFL talent to that campus, just like Nick Saban does at Alabama, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you have you have a a school in your backyard, you can go scout them anytime and get <laughs> right their players, the and you don't go get their players, and you wonder why you why you suck. For Now, to take that back to the Rams, if Billy Price is there and those top corners are gone, you have to, I, I think you have to think about it. John Sullivan has had injury problems in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, he got away with it this year, got digged up a couple times, but he's, he's, he's a time bomb, and Billy Price is right there. I think you have to go get him. And that would be a bummer because you need that corner. You need a middle linebacker. You you need a defense. You need sorry. You need a, a nose tackle. But how do you not take them? It's going to be very difficult. Like I, I was telling you earlier this this uh, this week, Derek, that when it comes to those DBs, let's see you can pull them. You got McLeod, undrafted free agent. You had Johnson later in the in the rounds in 2012. You know he he, he got joined in the second round that nobody saw. I think he got joined pretty early. Nobody really saw it that well because of his height and his size, but I, I can trust Lesney making some some solid picks. Uh, you know, third round and on. John Johnson, one of the one of the top safeties as a rookie, was a, was a third rounder right after Cooper Cup. So, when it comes to Ohio State lineman and a top top center guard like Price, I think you got to pull the trigger. Especially he's really young. You got a top running back. 
a top quarterback, young, that can go for 10 years and win countless playoff games. You mentioned some of those cornerbacks that uh-huh. are available later on. Right. Well, I get, there's quite a few of them in the Senior Bowl. And here, here's a couple of names. Christian Campbell from Penn State. Expected uh-huh. to go third or fourth round. Has good numbers. Big guy for big receivers. Cameron Kelly from San Diego State. And how's yeah. this one? Taron Johnson from Weber State. Kind of small, small on the weight side. But, you know, the Rams have been really on some of these small school corners and safeties the last few years. I would not shock me at all if this is how they went. Depends on how they do it at the Senior Bowl, how they impress um, how they impress the Rams. So you're right. There are options there that can be made. If you choose to make that leap for that center in the first round, I guarantee you if you go get Billy Price in the first round, you're not going to be worrying about center for the next 10, 12, maybe even 15 years. Easy. Easy. So, I, I, you, maybe you make that move. Another guy, another guy, Vita Villa from Washington, the defensive tackle. That's yep. your nose right there. If he can drop to you, and I don't think he will, but you never know. You never know. What if he drops the Rams and he's there at 23? Do you pass on that guy? A 335-pound nose tackle, that would free up Aaron Donald, free up Michael Brockers. It cost some major problems in that line. You, when they drafted Donald, they said, why are you drafting another defensive lineman? Leslie said, well, we're going to feed the beast. We're feeding the beast. Well, you exactly. feed the beast again. I mean, so that's what I'm thinking. Hey, in the senior bowl week, let's, let's see what goes on with this corner. I think the cornerback position, uh, position, sorry, is the key here. I was, I was listening to, I think it was Charles Casserly or Casserly from the NFL network, the older gentleman. He was a GM, I think when the Redskins on the Super oh, yeah. Bowl, and he's still one of the better lines. I always took with me after all these years. He said, if I had the choice, I would draft every, every year, every single year, first round, I would draft a disruptive defensive lineman every time. If I had, if it was my call. And that you can never have enough of. And you look at the, the games that were won today, um, the Jags, they ran out of gas. I'm looking at Campbell. I'm looking at the Dean Lyman. They're not putting any pressure on, on on Brady. They didn't have like one sack, I believe, in the second half. Then you look at the, you look at the Eagles tonight and, and Fletcher Cox and Barnett, and they're flying everywhere. Case Keenum had, had, was not comfortable. There was no time for him to throw. At the end of the stretch, the season, you see the stretch and, and, the defense wins games. The defense, the disruption. You don't have to make make numbers, but the disruption wins it. And I'd be more than happy, more than jubilant to see the Rams grab someone like him. The Atlanta game, you know, you had Aaron Donald just destroying, destroying those people. And at, at, at the end of the day, it was a one man wrecking crew. And I think the cornerbacks were on display. And you had the middle linebackers not plugging the right holes. And honestly, it came down to, I really believe watching that game, if you're going to point on one pe- one position, it's going to be the cornerbacks not being effective. If you go back to the Atlanta game, though, the corners didn't do their job. They didn't do their job at all. But what lost the game for the Rams really to me was that big drive the Falcons had in the third quarter where they just ran the ball down the Rams' throats. And that was when Michael Brockers out. All it took was one injury. It's All it took was that one injury, and it was over for them. So to me, it's more than just corner. You you need that interior defense, some way to run stuff. And the Rams didn't have that with Brockers gone. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that big time, Derek. Because if you look at the the Rams' run defense, if you watch those games, if you watch the Washington game, the Giants game, anywhere the other, the very first run for the Jacksonville game. Those runs came in the A gap, and other teams knew it. The Rams knew it. They just didn't have the personnel at that nose tackle. To clog that, you need a Vince Wilfork in that three-four defense, and I believe Wood Wade Phillips had, I believe it was Derek Wolf, you know, in Denver, 
and those kind of people. And I, if you look at those kind of guys, and you need that big nose tackle to set the tone and be that absolute anchor for those three, four defenses. It all starts at the nose. It all starts right there. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise either of us for that to happen at all. To, uh, to see Vita Vita go to the Rams. I, you know, and it's a shame they, they trade that second round pick away because honestly, if he's there, I might package somebody to go get him. Big time. Unless Need is not afraid to pull the trigger on trading back in the first round and grabbing a few more seconds. Like, you know, he moved up. You know what? And I think people forget the Rams were one pick away from selecting Julio Jones in 2011. I was, I was in, uh, in college writing my college paper. And I was right there with another computer next to me, and I'm watching it. And he jumps up in front. The Rams had to move back, and who was the GM in Atlanta was Les Need. So I was so upset with him for a year until we got him. Then he pulls off the RG3 trade, and then he pulls off the the 2016 trade with Jared Goff. So this man is not afraid to move back and forth. And he moved out of the second round last year. And picked up another third, and I think that was a that was the Cooper Cup pick or John Johnson pick. But he is not afraid to move around, so you can't be surprised if we move around in this draft again. If that second rounder was there, they would contemplate moving up to get a guy like Via. I'm serious, mm-hmm. but since it's not, let's say both those corners are gone and Via's gone, and Price is sitting a couple picks back, and maybe you can go back and get Price plus get a second rounder back. Maybe you do that or. Maybe you, you decide, okay, I don't want price, but we can move back a little further and get two second rounders and exactly. whatever else. I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they do that because there's depth in this draft. You know, it's I I and I can't I'm I'm gonna be biased because I, I, I'm in Big Ten country right now. I've watched Joshua Jackson <laughs> and Denzel Ward. To me, those are your guys, but a three four nose tackle, like a Vita Via. Mm-hmm. He's probably more valuable. So if he's there, you get him. But if not, you got to move. Exactly. And who knows what you know, they're going to do with Dominic Easley. You know, he's very injury prone. But when he's active, he is moving. And if he had him, the nose tackle this year, he's a little bit smaller, but he's extremely strong and can control gaps, the A gaps and the B gaps. The Rams going to be just as deadly if with him available. But like I said, it all depends on free agency. That'll be a complete different discussion after after that. Yeah, we're, we're kind of relying on if, you know, basically some most of these pieces fall in place where the key players for the Rams will be back. Connor Barwin might not be back, mm-hmm. and we don't know much about Mark Barron or Tavon Austin, but the rest of those guys will be back. So we can kind of get an idea. I think they'll re-sign Tremaine, too. I do. Mm-hmm. But that will give us a general idea of where we're going. And I'm, I keep... When every time I think about that, I just circle around corner, nose tackle, and of all things, center. And the reason why I say center because I don't think any inside linebackers in three four will really be there that are of value at that spot. Roquan Smith will be gone. Oh, he's yeah, he's going top fifteen. He he won't make it past Oakland, or he shouldn't make it past Oakland. And the guy I'm keeping an eye on is Alabama's Rashawn Evans. Will he be there, or is he a little bit of a stretch even right there? I don't know. I need to you know watch more film on him, but he he would be one of the guys you you think about like Rashawn Evans. Um, but other than that, there isn't much. So I keep circling around those those core positions, and that's it. 
there, there's if I, where I would have our listeners do their homework. Take a take a look at Malik Jefferson. For some reason, I he's top fifteen for me, top ten, but he's falling in, in a lot of mock drafts, and I liked him a lot from Texas. But six three, two hundred and thirty eight pounds. Um, Texas always produces solid players all around the board. To see him, to see him available, would be very difficult to pass up as an anti linebacker. I'll tell you what, be honest, right now the Rams will pass him by. Because oh right now they're they're look now you're 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 giving me that 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 tone of voice you're looking away I get it but they they want character guys and his work ethic is got major question marks around it there are questions of whether or not Jefferson even wanted to play football out there in Texas mm-hmm. and so that's not what the Rams want you got a guy like Sean McVay who's so passionate about the game he won't be a mix for somebody who you have to try and get to play and that's been that's been the the red flag around Jeff that's why he's dropping because. His work ethic and his mind for the game is in question, not his athletic ability. But what I see is is the Rams, you could say under Jeff Fisher's era, took a lot of chances. You had, who did we get? We had Jermaine Johnson, the bar fight. He dropped to the third. He had, actually, I was ecstatic. I don't think anybody was happier than, than myself when they got Alec Ogletree in Georgia in 13 when he fell to, to the second half of the first round. And I thought he was going top 10, top 15. He had a, a DUI. And they still selected him. So, or even Janoris Jenkins, you know, he left school and they still selected him. He was very, very doing very well given his off the field issues. So you can tell, you can, it's hard to open for discussion who had the pool over those character guys with either Jeff Fisher or Les Snead. Either way, one of those one of those guys pulled the trigger on the on these players and and they're doing well. If that's the case, I'm all for character, you know, and. Moving forward, if that's the kind of guy that they see in the future and it works, and it works. But I can definitely agree with you on that one, Derek, on, on moving forward with guys who who um, do the right thing. I think it just depends on the type of character. You know, guys right. who have had issues with the law and make mistakes, they're different than guys who are driven on the football field. Mm-hmm. You could be a hard worker and make dumb decisions off the field, or you, can, you could be a nice guy who – lives a great home life and then comes to work to play football and you don't have passion for the game. All right. And that's the question mark around Jefferson. You can't just create passion for the game with most of these athletes. You just, it's not an on switch. So for him, that's the big question mark. Now the, the Rams might go down there and visit with him and say, you know what? I think it's there. I think with Sean McVay, we'll, we'll bring it out. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the case, but I have a lot of doubts. I have a lot of doubts about the Texas. Anybody come from Texas right now anyways, because they've been mm-hmm. underachiever for years. You're right. They, they bring talent there. They brought talent there to Randy Shannon. They brought talent. I mean, they've had talent there and they just can't make it work. It's true. That is true. They, they make it to the NFL and they do very well. Just like Tennessee players. I think Tennessee has, they have the, the most players to appear in the Super Bowl, right behind UCLA and USC, but Tennessee, for some reason, you know, they are who they are. They are, they are. Well, they they uh, always find a way to get a few superstars, but then when it comes down to building a long term contender, it's it's a hard recruiting area for them. <laughs> it is. It takes is. the right coach. Mm-hmm. All right, so folks, we're gonna that's it. That's it for us today. In a couple of days here, we'll go ahead and we'll drop our next podcast. We're gonna get more in deep with the Senior Bowl. We'll talk rosters. For that, the guys look for. We obviously know some of the, the cornerback prospects coming out in the scene. We're going to be focusing a lot on that, guys. We just know there's a need at cornerback. We're looking at their inside linebackers. So check out. We're going to start our draft coverage this week. 
And if you could, please head on over to iTunes. Please give that, again, that five-star review. Subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. We are there. We enjoy uh, connecting with you. You can get us on Twitter. You can get us up on Facebook. And now, because of the whole Facebook algorithm thing, we now have a Facebook group as well to interact with you. If you are interested in coming on board as a staff member here, we are always looking for new writers. We're always looking for people who are interested in joining the podcast team. Email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. You can also, if you have feedback for us, questions you'd like us to answer on the show, or things maybe you want us to address via article or on commentary on the site, same thing. Email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. And, well, we look forward to hearing from you. Mike, any closing thoughts for tonight? Nothing. I'll be more than happy to to do any kind of homework or questions for you guys moving fast in the draft. The offseason is extremely exciting for myself. And being uh, in this kind of position, this is year-round for me. And us here at Ramps talking, we're excited to move forward. Yeah, geez, we're a bunch of junkies here, man. Too excited. We're a bunch of Rams junkies here, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. A bunch of Rams junkies. All right. For Michael Frank, this is Derek C. Apollo. We're signing off. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters Jalen Brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rivals the battle of LA is real people and 30 feet is still in range Curry, where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the NBA only here season begins December 22nd on ABC ESPN TNT and NBA TV you can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.